This is the UX Institute podcast, and I'm Mark Swain, founder of UXI. In this podcast, I interview UX and product leaders from around the globe. Your customers are complex people. They don't have enough time to solve all the problems that they're dealing with day to day. It's your job at the end of the day to figure out what are the really high priority problems that they are desperate to solve. That's been the biggest game changer idea. In episode four, I get to speak with CEO and founder of OpinionX, Daniel Kine. OpinionX is a new UX research tool helping product and design teams stack rank and prioritize user and customer problems using real data instead of assumptions and politics. So we're here to have a really good discussion around the power of OpinionX in terms of user research and product creation for large orgs. Today we have Daniel Kine with us from OpinionX, who's the CEO and founder. Daniel, I'll leave it over to you to give us a little intro, a little bit about the background, the growth of the platform, and where you are right now. Cool. Thanks, Mark. And so as you said, I'm the co-founder and CEO of a startup called OpinionX. We build a research tool that helps product and design teams to stack rank people's priorities. And that helps them to make better decisions about their strategy and what they're going to prioritize using real data instead of assumptions and politics, which tends to be the way okay. that a lot of these big organizations have to, to make these big decisions. So that's, that's what I've been working on for the last like two, three years. Before that, I did consumer okay. research and some digital and innovation work at Unilever, some events work building up Dublin Tech Summit, which is the biggest tech conference in Ireland. I had to work with Techstars on the startup side of things, helping run community programs for them across Europe. Well, I'm going to dive into a few questions just around the kind of growth of OpinionX over the past couple of years. Uh, how has it evolved? How has the concept, the feature evolved and how are customers receiving it? The journey for OpinionX has been long and messy as it tends to be for a lot of startups. Yeah. What we initially set out to build is quite different to what we have got as a product today. And interestingly, OpinionX was part of the story as to how we actually figured out what people did want and building a product that created like market traction in the end. So back when I was in university, myself and my co-founder Dara, we set out to build a product that was going to be for governments, mostly for policy and communication teams in like national government departments, trying to do mm. what's called public consultation, which is just research within the public sector to understand what citizens think and feel about different topics. Wow. So what we wanted to do was we wanted to build this dynamic tool that would take a whole bunch of people and it could figure out what the hidden consensus in a group was sure, and like bubble it sure. to the surface. Why did you start there? Did you see a gap with research methods within government bodies? Yeah, I had some experience working with government bodies on research. So when I was 16, myself and a group of like 11 others set up the first national digital youth council in the world. So we worked with the government on basically wow. trying to represent the views of young people of Ireland on science, technology, engineering, and maths. And to do that, we ended up working partially on ourselves doing these like national research projects and sometimes with like leading market research agencies and some tech companies too. And that was a trial by fire in all things research and, and understanding people. And that led me on to get involved in a lot of civic technology communities around the world too. So it was an area that I was really passionate in and looking at the tools that were there, it felt like there was a lot of opportunity to build something pretty unique that could have this big impact over time. Why did that not work out the way you felt it would? And why have you ended up in a different position today? 
what we ended up learning were a couple of things. Even though I had experience working with the public sector, so I knew some of the pain points, the whole process of selling to governments was something that I had no experience in. And we <laughs> learned that we were out of our depth pretty quickly there. Our ambition was always to build a product that would have impact across multiple sectors. And I ended up having a conversation with a startup founder called Vanessa Liston. She's an Irish founder of a public consultation tool called CivicQ. She asked me this one question sure. when we went for lunch one day, which is like, what's your ambition with OpinionX? I said, we're going to start with government. And then over time, we'll expand into startups and tech companies. And she said, what tech company has ever looked to the government for inspiration as to what they should do with like digital <laughs> tooling? And I was like, oh God, you, yeah, you've yeah, got yeah. me there. So okay. that, that kind of caused the reflection initially. And then we decided like we're a better place tackling tech first and we would likely have the spillover effect into government as kind of our, our personal mission that we'd be able to accomplish longer term. To shift just a little bit then, could you describe or talk about what does a customer do with the tool, talk about their workflow, where it comes in, where it goes out, what it delivers, and why it should or could be part of a researcher's arsenal? So if you look at anyone doing research, ranging from the pre-product founder all the way up to like the super experienced user researcher in this large multinational tech organization, they have a really common set of challenges when it comes to making decisions. And usually what's at the core of that is that they have like a hundred different opportunities, whether that's customer needs they could solve, market spaces that could be addressed, whatever it is. And they generally have no way of assigning any sort of data to that that can help them make a decision. What they can do is a lot of interviews and then they can, can transcribe the interviews, they can put sticky notes on Miro and try and figure out like what are the main things that we can take away from this. But at the end of the day, it's a very qualitative process. Mm -hmm. So what we set out to do is how can they take a lot of the insights or the opportunities or the needs that they're discovering through their conversations and feedback with target customers or existing users and find a really simple way to quantify it, to translate it from qualitative over to quantitative so that they can make quick and easy decisions that all the team could get behind that they know to a sense really identifies the most important priorities that the team should have or that the customer is feeling and needs solved. Very good. Give me a sense of then when and where and what type of team are going to use this tool in the research area. What are they actually delivering from using OpinionX? One of the best examples is thinking about a product team working in this scaling startup. They have, like I said, a hundred different problem spaces that they could address over the next month or the next quarter. And they need to figure out which one they should invest their time and money in. What they tend to do is they take all those different customer needs or problem spaces, they bring them all into OpinionX, and they turn them into problem statements. And then they share those problem okay. statements with their user base. Those users come in and they vote on them through OpinionX in a couple of unique ways that we've built into the platform. And that helps the product teams to then translate all those problem statements into this ranked list where each statement has a score associated with it. And at the end, they can just take all of that put it in Google Sheets or whatever they're using. And all mm -hmm. of a sudden they have like a column that just they can sort from like A to Z that says this is the most important to least important thing according to the problems that your customers are facing. And we've seen people do that same process with value, like what value people are getting from existing features, what problems need to be solved. Sure. Like th there's a lot of different ways that they can use the kind of features that are built into OpinionX. Sure. So this is a really good tool for equipping maybe product managers to really evaluate how current features are winning, failing, what needs to be improved. We get to stack rank out of that and we get to bring the feature or product in a new direction. 
Exactly. Whenever you face those problems where there's a lot of different like directions you can go, for example, yeah. we see a lot of startup founders come in and use OpinionX and take all the different like approaches to messaging that they could use to create their value proposition. And they test those against each other to see which one resonates most with their target customers, all sure. the way up to like, let's say product teams trying to understand which features customers that fall into different pricing tiers are getting the most value out. Because that, mm-hmm. that can then help them to surface those features better and lock customers in better into the, the pricing tiers that they're creating and reduce churn. So there, there's a lot of ways that people end up using uh, OpinionX, but the core of it is these prioritization decisions where you're lacking data and OpinionX helps turn that from assumption-based qualitative focus process into something that you can actually point to numbers and say, this is the most important thing that we need to chase. So in my workflow, typically I am working on a qualquant workflow, looking at the customer base, the users, I'm figuring out what sort of cohort to develop and speak to first around a specific feature or a function that we're looking to improve, get rid of, or reinvent. I go on a normal journey of conducting interviews, questionnaires. We do some maybe light moderated usability testing around current state, some ethnography. After I do all those jobs, where does OpinionX then fit or sit once I've all this data? accumulated. One of the places that OpinionX tends to fit really well in, especially in this product discovery phase, when you're doing this research to try to inform something new, is this middle layer. So the way we typically see product teams do it, it's this sandwich of qualitative, then OpinionX is the quantitative piece in the middle, and then back mm-hmm. to qualitative again. So you take all the interviews that you've already done and a lot of the quotes that you've grabbed from those transcripts yeah. and those calls, you bring them into OpinionX and you do a quick like translation of them, essentially, where you share that with a bunch of target customers. They turn that list into the stack rank format where you first to last. Then all of a sudden, you know what is the most important problem or the the highest resonating quote across all these target customers. But what OpinionX also helps them do then is find exact participants who personally associate that as being their highest priority. And then that helps them find the perfect person for a follow-up interview where they don't need to dance around the conversation to try avoid biasing it because they've already validated that this is the highest priority to them. And you can just dig super deep into these in-depth interviews to understand all the context around why this is a, a priority for them, how the problem appears in their workflow, and understand mm. as much of the, the rich information you need to make much better decisions afterwards. We're going on a bit of a journey here for researchers who work directly hand-in-hand with PMs who get to a point where they've accumulated their research there's a consensus of what we heard. These are the 10 things. We're now going to put it back out to that user base again. We spoke to 100 people. This is what we heard most from mixed methods. Tell us again what's most important. Right, okay, so we're distilling, distilling, distilling until we get to a clean point. Would you frame this as a voting mechanic? Are we basing this on votes? The PM takes it back to the head of product or the C-suite and says, hey, this is what I heard most even though our roadmap is saying in Q3, we need to have this achieved and these OKRs achieved, this is what we've actually heard. Is that where we're interjecting? Yeah, it is. And it's important to understand how that voting mechanism works because there's a lot of different approaches that you can take to it. Yeah, talk about that. Yeah, I guess what most people would associate with this when they hear something like stack ranking is a typical drag and drop list where you've 10 yeah. different problems on front of you and you need to spend loads of time like putting them in the right order for you. From my experience, that's a poor way to try and understand someone's like true intentions. And this has been written about loads. That once okay. you pass like eight to 10 different options, 
the amount of cognitive load you're putting on participants just overloads them and you end up with a lot of dummy data that, that's going to like send you in the wrong direction. So sure. especially for product teams, this creates a, a big challenge because how often is it that you're only trying to make a decision between four to eight things? Like in reality, a lot of the time we're dealing with 30 to 50 different options. So one of the ways that we've approached this really differently is we've built this survey format around a thing called pairwise comparison. And for me, pairwise comparison is a way better approach to building this data because it really matches how people actually think when it comes to making decisions. So pairwise comparison takes a list, it uses algorithms to pick two different options and put them head to head. And then it just asks the user out of these two, which one is more important to you? And then it creates multiple more pairs like that. The cognitive load is super low because you're only comparing two things at a time, but you're Mm -hmm. able to use all of these different principles to take all the different votes that have happened and use pattern matching to then score all of them against each other. And you end up with the same ranked list at the end without overloading all your parties. I'd like to take a very quick break from our conversation so I can share more about what the UX Institute does. UXI is a new user experience and design learning platform offering user experience, product and design mentoring, as well as courses and workshops for individuals, startups and company product teams. Check out uxinstitute.com. Now, let's get back to the chat. I want to be able to portray here the real value of bringing in a tool like this in a typical researcher's flow or PM's flow. I've been exposed with so many startups and corporates and scale-ups over the year, Series A upwards, and process is the biggest issue internally. Research tends to be down the pecking order. We have individuals who are maybe mid-level UX researchers or product researchers. You'd be lucky to have a very senior leader in this area on any team. And this is what I see org to org. Their research process is really not down path at all. You know, unless it's a larger org, there's a senior individual delivering valuable insights every month. This is what we're hearing. These are all the surveys or interviews we conducted. This is what we're listening to. It's a scattered, messy process everywhere. Is that what you found by speaking to customers and UX people and research teams? What have you heard as to why this tool came about, right? So one of the difficulties that a lot of the both product managers and UX researchers that we talk to face is when all these other teams are working towards projects, they're in very like head down mode, trying to get stuff across the line as quickly as possible. And then when research enters the picture, it's often the opposite effect. Like there are, at least there's this assumption in these other functions, the researchers dig their heels in and slow the process down so that they can then go out to market and do these longer term from the perspective of these other teams, like two to three week studies to try and validate what's happening. Part of the reason why OpinionX fits well into these processes is because the researchers that are using it, they are doing continuous discovery and continuous research. They're talking to users every day, trying to understand what all the different pain points and problems are. So that then when the other functions, when whether it's sales and marketing, or even even the product team is bringing it to the to UX researcher themselves as well. They don't have to drag their heels for like three weeks. They take all the different things that they've learned and they stack rank them from highest to lowest priority. And by the end of the day, they have actionable data that they can go back to their colleagues with and keep driving forward progress on the project. So that's one of right. the reasons why it fits so well into these processes and like ways of working that the teams have. Given the challenges that UX researchers have, org to org, do you think a tool like OpinionX is going to really help them drive the importance of research-led improvement and incremental improvement to feature and product overall 
or is it just another tool in the arsenal of many tools that are out there? I'm trying to get to the core value point as to why I would have Opinion X running every day alongside my work because, you know, I want to get to a point, hey, I actually can't live without this tool. Have you found some of that speaking to different orgs and researchers? Yeah. So one of the reasons why we've seen some of the teams that have adopted Opinion X in the way that they use it every single week rather than these just quarterly projects is because the data that Opinion X is able to provide is almost the opposite to most of the statistical data that they have today. So most of the data that these product teams and user researchers have today tends to be based on product analytics. Yeah. What are people clicking? What are they doing in your product? Hard or quant. Exactly. It's hard quant. When it comes to things based around user needs, pain points, desires, it tends to be a very qualitative area of work. And part of the reason why teams are then adopting Opinion X is because they're able to turn that very qualitative process into something that can be brought into the same decision-making rooms as this hard quantitative product analytics data. And it's really changing the way the teams are thinking about decisions. It's changing the way that the language that they're using to talk about decisions as well, because all of a sudden needs and pain points are actually part of the conversation rather than product analytics data, in my opinion, is very optimization focused. And for teams trying to build new products and chase new opportunities, it really anchors Mm. them in a way that is very limiting for what they're able to do on the projects. Sure. Just to wrap up on this area, could you give me one example of a customer today? Maybe just talk about their workflow or some of their outputs of using this and how it's helped them and what they've done with it. Maybe just a prime example that you've seen that's that's been a success story for you. Yeah, I think one of the customers that I love working with most is a, an Indonesian Series A startup called Maypan. Maypan have, have just like flipped their entire product product management function on its head in terms of how they make decisions. And OpinionX ends up being in the room, like I said, every single week in how they do this. So they've engaged tens of thousands of customers over the last year. They run projects on a weekly basis. The way they do it is really interesting. So they start off on the much bigger projects, like a lot of the other teams that use OpinionX take it from. So they generally start with monthly or quarterly roadmap prioritization. Just taking from a high level, what are the main problems or objectives that we want to really focus on this upcoming quarter? But what Maypan do a little differently than some of the people who use OpinionX is once they've identified that top priority, they then take that a level further, they break out their customer group into all the different segments, and then they use Mm -hmm. OpinionX to understand how that problem manifests for each segment in itself. And then that is like the kickoff point into loads of deep qualitative research too. That's a lot of effort into research methodology, but it sounds really useful Mm -hmm. to break things out, segment it out that way. Exactly. Yeah. It's the kind of in the flexibility of the tool is that it gives these high level projects the same tooling and and feature set that they're able to take and use it. But at the same time, it gives these other teams who want to go much deeper the ability to take this flexible product and just dig and dig and dig until they start to find like the real golden nuggets at the bottom. Very cool. Okay, so if there were a couple of final points that are always on your mind about OpinionX and what you'd want to say to UX researchers or people like myself in the product area in terms of research and using like the likes of a tool like Opinion X, what would be the two or three key things that you want to drive home straight away? One of them is really simple. Like we can get deep into this, the, the details around something like pairwise comparison and the psychology behind it. But at the end of the day, what I find right. resonates most and, and has the most change in how teams work is that unless you're solving a really high priority problem, people aren't going to care. 
your customers are complex people. They don't have enough time to solve all the problems that they're dealing with day to day. It's your job at the end of the day to figure out what are the really high priority problems that they are desperate to solve. That's been the biggest game changer idea. It's it's something that's come from a very well-known product leader called Shreyas Doshi, who talks about this concept all the time and was really like an important part of how we came to think about OpinionX as well, which is customer problem stack ranking. It's the cornerstone of what we do now. But that principle is what underpins all of it. If you're not solving a really important problem, you, you shouldn't be surprised that nobody cares. Very good. From your experience in building OpinionX and being exposed to different customer types, research teams, designers, even designers, PMs, all across the board, what has been the common trait in process that is causing most problems for those teams operating in research? What have you heard most or heard complaints about most? Especially because we're an early stage product, we tend to get the people who are already converted are the ones that are using OpinionX today. Like they're the ones who understand that this is the way that they should be working, that they need to focus on pain points, problems, needs, desires, instead of features and that idea-based mindset. Overall, bigger picture, what I think would make the biggest impact and is is having a lot of pain is the sort of stuff that Marty Kagan and Teresa Torres talk about a lot. It's that the best product teams are ones that are empowered to take an objective, like a, a big problem area, do the research and figure out what the right solution is rather than just inheriting feature spec docs and being told to like go and, and build to a, a fill in the dots design template that they've been given. I feel like OpinionX is a cool part of, of the better process and how teams can do quick okay. experimentation at each step from like opportunity to solution to experiment and, and how we fit into that process. But bigger picture, that's really what's causing a lot of the pain when you talk to user researchers, product managers, and designers. So definitely OpinionX can fit in there and fix or help some of that process to get hyper-focused on the problems that really matter, as opposed to spinning wheels and product teams churning out output for feature upgrades or fixes or bugs rather than really getting into the core of the problem. That's actually going to turn the product org around whatever they're looking to do, right? Exactly, exactly. That experimentation mindset that's really baked into something like the Opportunity Solution Tree framework that Teresa Torres uses, which is is really excellent, is something that teams start to roll out and then they hit these pains along the way where they struggle sometimes to speak the same language of the people who are going to be doing the implementation who are very quantitatively focused. That's right where we slot in is helping them translate the work that they're doing anyway into the kind of language that the rest of their teammates are going to understand. Do you think, you know, lead UX researchers and product teams and PMs are going to have a hard time introducing the likes of a tool like OpinionX into their process to change minds of upward management and C-suite to work in a different way? How should UX researchers deliver that if they they want to push it for a better way of working? I think there's a couple of things you can touch on here. And initially focusing, like you said, on the more maybe traditional companies that these user researchers are working in, where management doesn't necessarily agree with a lot of the principles of research that they're trying to build in. I think the first is understanding that leadership in a lot of these companies are quantitative speakers. Like they speak to data and that's how they make decisions. OpinionX often fits in well in this process because they're able to bring data to the table in a lot of ways, like speak the same language of the people who are making decisions. We've taken that into account a lot in how we've thought about building OpinionX. So for example, we have a, a free version. People can just jump straight in and launch projects 
immediately without needing to get sign-offs. What we've seen is a lot of teams that do these quick like test projects that they're able to then bring example results over to the rest of their team and that creates buy-in. So you're not just trying to sell on an idea, you're actually selling based on like a quick study that you can pull together in, in like under an hour if you want to as well. One bigger picture thing to think about here is the way that product-led growth and some of the attitudes around self-service design for mm-hmm. users is changing the way that user research and product management sits within these companies. So for example, sales teams often need to self-convert users through the product rather than being able to like interrupt the flow and run demos and sales processes. Marketing sure. is similar to like grow the account yeah. and bring new people in for referral. It's all built into product. That's yeah. moving product management teams and user researchers as well into like the center of the organizational structure now because all these yeah. other functions are relying on them for their ability to achieve their own objectives. And those other teams traditionally are much more quantitative than something like the product management function working on new feature development or, or like blank space innovation. And that's like pushing them to adopt more quantitative methods of decision making. And OpinionX can like slip in well, and they can create these projects that, that create buy-in through examples rather than just ideas. Great. The reason I pushed on this point a bit, I guess, I think there's a job here to be done. A large narrative you're going to have to speak to in a broader way for it to land with people like myself in my area, between lead UX researchers, PMs, who are contributing to so many facets of the product and areas, you know, that narrative is going to have to come across strong. Yeah. One of the ways uh, that I actually see teams accomplish this is not trying to pitch a pro- either OpinionX as a tool or a process like stack ranking for prioritization. So we see a lot of teams that take OpinionX and they use it for, let's say, like the next quarterly team away day to vote on what activity the team is going to do. And then all of a sudden, everyone on the <laughs> yeah. team has like personal experience using it and they see the results and it, it changes the mindset in a very subtle way that allows people to then get the permission they need to run projects in the future. Yeah, no, good. Okay, plans for the next few years. What does your kind of runway look like? What we're really focused on for the next one to two years, especially, is building out OpinionX is a really easy to use tool and spread kind of awareness about what we're doing. We're raising like our first round of funding, essentially, to, to get that done. Longer term, though, behind the scenes, we're taking some of the data science that OpinionX is built on, and we're essentially building it into an engine that we want to build up into this like much more powerful tool that product management teams can use to essentially put alongside product and web analytics tools as like an alternative data source for how they make decisions. What I kind of see that as is something like priority analytics as like this emerging space overall. And, and that's kind of where my North Star is. That's what I'm working towards longer term. That all sounds great. Congrats on the round. I really look forward to seeing how the product evolves over the next while. I'm always intrigued to hear the stories. I'm going to start adopting and adapting it to some of my workflows and see how it's going to change how I conduct my work. It's a great supporting tool to researchers like myself. Thanks for your time and thanks for all the input. It was hugely valuable. And I think this is going to go a long way for UX researchers. Cool. Thanks for having me on, Mark. If you've learned anything from this episode, I ask one small favor. Please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or share this episode across your networks. It'll really help the growth of the podcast and will allow me to continue to secure amazing guests that will part their insight with you. 
Thanks for listening to the official UX Institute podcast and talk to you next time. 